inspirational, groundbreaking, revolutionary. These are all titles that get thrown around when critiquing truly innovative and thought-provoking bodies of art. Maybe at times a little bit too frequently or in some instances, not enough. As video game fans, we aren't unfamiliar with the medium as a whole being overlooked as the platform that it is. Even inside of our circles of video game playing friends and associates, what we as individuals perceive as monumental experiences might not be seen in the same light to others. And that's fine. Art is subjective. Welcome to On The Digital Soapbox with Soapbox J. I'm your host, Soapbox J. And today I'm trying something a little bit different, a new segment I like to call Influential Games and Why We Love Them. I present to you a love letter to Celeste. First and foremost, I'd like to thank a gentleman who goes by the name of Green Rob on the name to be decided Discord, not only for recommending this game to me, but also his unique perspective on his YouTube channel, especially for his video, Helping Others in Video Games, which was an insightful view on a few games that I've dismissed in my past that until now I kind of want to revisit those games in the future. So shout out Green Rob, I highly appreciate this recommendation. Yes, I know, I know. I'm late to the party. Celeste has been out since 2018, and we're in the later portion of 2021, but I honestly feel at this place in my life that I couldn't appreciate my discovery of this masterpiece any more than I can right now. Some insight into me, myself. The past five years of my life have quite possibly been the most defining years in my experience. I went from a non-committal bachelor to a man in a stable relationship. From that, I went to a man living with his girlfriend, best friend, and then becoming a father. Life tends to come at you fast, and it's strange on how those who partake in geek culture associate the content we consume to benchmark moments in our life. Full disclosure, I've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety quite some time ago. I don't shy away from it. In fact, I let it be known. At this point, I almost wear it as a badge of honor. A reminder of all that I've overcome, the obstacles I've made it past, the roadblocks in my future that I hope to maneuver through. All this does come into play when dealing with my views on Celeste. I promise this is not a piece strictly about me, but more of an explanation on why this game is so undeniably important. Let's talk about the gameplay a bit. At heart, Celeste is what's known as a precision platformer which is presented in simplistic pixel art, not a knock against it. It works rather well with the aesthetics, meaning to invoke that old school retro NES feel. Controls are pretty simple with a jump button, a button assigned to hold on to the sides of walls, and a button so your main character, Madeline, could zip through the air. Warning, this game is punishing. The only reason I could keep track of how many times poor Madeline fell to her death was the death counter that displays at the end of every completed section. My death counter easily surpassed a thousand by the end of the game. Did I get frustrated? Sure. Did I silently yell out obscenities at my 30th attempt at a seemingly impossible obstacle? Absolutely. But did I quit? No. 
Where did this digital form of unrelenting persistence come from? The game tells you to be proud of your death count. Quote unquote, the more you die, the more you're learning. It's not about how you fall, but how you get up. Celeste starts at the bottom of Celeste Mountain. 21-year-old Madeline states interest in climbing and reaching the top of the mountain. Why exactly? It doesn't explain much in the beginning. My reaction? It's a video game. Whatever. Sure, let's climb the mountain. Needless to say, the story did nothing for me in the beginning, but that did change. I'll explain later. For now, I was treated to a beautifully orchestrated melody consisting of retro-sounding chiptunes and an overlapping realistic piano playing. A sense of familiarity and comfort accompanied what could be a daunting experience at first glance, but the cheerful and almost uplifting music seemed to motivate me further. As a matter of fact, the game's entire soundtrack urges you to continue progressing forward with its transformative selections and new elements being interjected in the musical score to make the player feel as if progress is being made. And this is absolutely intentional. On Madeline's journey, she meets a drifter slash vagabond named Theo, who is on the quest to get more Instagram followers or whatever the equivalent of Instagram is in this game. The uh, selfie infatuated Theo and Madeline formed this friendship where Theo is a pretty chill guy. Madeline seems very high strung. Theo's carefree while Madeline is carrying the world on her shoulders. The duality of this unity hits this perfect balance in their conversations. That's something else I should get into. The voices of this game, not a single line of dialogue was recorded for it. Instead, what we get is a form of gibberish spoken over dialogue written on the screen. This might seem like a bad thing at first, but the emotion conveyed with this assembly of sounds, there is no confusing when deciphering the mood or what Madeline is feeling. That with the combination of the portraits displayed next to the tech, there is no uncertainty whether deciding whether Madeline is happy, sad, embarrassed, crying, worried, or even having a panic attack. Celeste does more than most AAA games do with a fully voiced cast of 30 plus professional voice actors. And that's not a knock against voice actors, it's a testament to the execution. This is where things get interesting. As the story progresses, Madeline comes across her physical manifestation of the part of herself she doesn't like. She represents a crippling amount of self-doubt, insecurities along with a nasty mean streak. There's a part where Madeline attempts to outrun this part of her, but no matter how fast you run, there you are. There's a portion where this part of her actually multiplies to signify the amount of negativity Madeline sees on herself. This imagery is incredibly powerful. The conflict inside Madeline's head is not only significant, but relatable. At this point, I realized this is more than a game about a girl climbing a mountain, and I instantly became more invested. Again, this is more than simply a mountain. It is intended to reflect the barrier of hardships in front of us all as we move forward and beyond these hardships. As we move onward and progress, we get past insecurities. We beat numerous instances of self-doubt and we grow from these opportunities. As much as we grow and there's this sense of accomplishment, it's never perfect. You're never infallible. 
Unfortunately for those suffering from mental illness, we are aware as you ascend, it's regrettably just as easy to fall down, which is impeccably reenacted in Celeste. Each section introduces a new mechanic, which is essential in completing each level. It could be pockets where your momentum never slows down, bubbles that propel you in a selected direction, or platforms that shift whenever you use her zip ability. None of these mechanics are explained to you. Through experience, you simply figure them out. As stated earlier, I've gone through some drastic changes in the last five years of my life. Nobody handed me a manual explaining how I should handle these changes. Through trial and error, I figure some of these things out. I learned as a bachelor becoming part of a healthy functioning relationship. And from that, I learned how to live with my significant other in the same space. And with that, I learned how to become a father. The symbolism isn't lost. It's actually crystal clear. Life doesn't offer advice or hold your hands. There are plenty of us who are making it up as we go along. Just like Celeste, how we see our destination and overcome these obstacles is easy to see, but difficult to navigate. We know what we have to do, and we know how to get there. But execution is important. It's life. One of the more memorable scenes is when Madeline and Theo get stuck in a gondola lift, and Madeline, suffering from anxiety, has a panic attack. Theo helps her through this with what's referred to as the uh, floating feather technique. Imagine a feather descending from the sky and focus on it. This breathing exercise stabilizes Madeline, gently placing the panic behind her. I found this moment to be a complete palate cleanser from video games. At times, most games you just assume the role of a capable powerhouse, but this was different. Instead, Madeline is painted as vulnerable, damaged, barely holding it together. In other words, a normal person. The gravity of this moment produced such an incredible, relatable, and euphoric feeling. This game gets me. One of the pivotal scenes takes place in the beginning of Act 6. After a long heart-to-heart -heart with Theo about his family and a few other topics, Madeline feels comfortable before falling asleep. She dreams about flying so high into the sky that she could see the northern lights. Symbolism displays that she's seen the light at the end of the tunnel. It's there where Madeline has a conversation with the part of herself. Madeline explains that she knows what this part of her is. She tells it it isn't her real reflection, that she's everything that Madeline needs to leave behind. So it's best that she set her free, assuring that they'll both be happier this way. This part of her, feeling abandonment, now lashes out at Madeline, and you can see this at this point this part of her is actually leaning outside of the portrait displayed next to her dialogue, making it abundantly clear, much like the borders of the portrait, Madeline can no longer contain this. You think that you could just leave me behind? She growls, leaning even further outside of her profile picture. You think you can blame everything on me? You think you're above me? Answer me, she demands, leaning so far out she extends her arm and props herself up on the dialogue box. Maladin attempts to calm herself using the floating feather technique, only to anger this part of herself even further, causing her to actually slice the metaphoric feather in half. 
You'll never reach the top of the mountain, she screams out as they both quickly descend down to where Madeline is sleeping. The screen shakes accompanied by a loud crashing sound as Madeline slips off the mountain and falls for a solid 30 seconds. This imagery... I'm at a complete loss for words. I apologize if I got a little bit too descriptive, but I wanted to get into this. After being valued by somebody, a situation she isn't used to, she felt happiness. Another feeling she is not intimate with. So happy, she dreams of flying. This conversation with this part of her is meant to represent depression and how it can seemingly come out of nowhere, even when we feel like we are walking on air, regardless how much we want that to not be the case. Madeline slipping off the mountain signifies a slip into depression. Her descent is supposed to represent hitting rock bottom. The visual manifestation of the downward spiral into depression is by far the most accurate depiction depicted experience I've seen in a video game. It encapsulates how brutally hard depression can blindside you, and I stress, even when you are visibly happy. The slip to being on top of the world to hitting rock bottom isn't something that's necessarily gradual. It can hit without warning, quickly, unrelenting, and ultimately dangerous and effective. The next act begins at rock bottom. Along her way, Madeline comes to the revelation that she's been incomplete this whole journey and will not only be an inconsiderate mistake on her part to continue without this part of her, but impossible. In classic video game fashion, the final confrontation between Madeline and the part of her begins. Not only is this boss fight epic to see between the anime style clashing sequences and the effective soundtrack complete with chanting only intensifies the entire moment. Instead of defeating her side, she explains that they can climb this mountain together, but they need to work together. No explosions, no fights to the death, with bosses exploding into whatever currency the game has assigned. No just a simple embrace between Madeline and this part of her. The two merge together and the classic level up appears over Madeline's head because she has learned to embrace this part of herself and in the process has become whole. Also, she can zip twice in the air now because we need a mechanic to represent how she's so much better and able to get past previously impossible obstacles in her current state. So the two decide to work together in order to scale Celeste Mountains. Theo supports Madeline, offering his help. Madeline explains that she feels bad because he's already done so much for her. At least let me hold your bag, Theo asks. And she agrees. Madeline plops her bag down on the floor and stands up straight for the first time in the entire game. My eyes swelled up because this moment moved me like no video game has before. She allowed somebody in to help carry her emotional baggage, and there was a weight lifted off her shoulders as she stood tall, ready to achieve her goal. It was poetry, empowering. It became so clear to me at this moment that this is more than simply a fun video game, but a metaphor for life as a whole. We have a set of almost impossible obstacles laid out in front of us, but the best way to perceive it is not by counting the steps in front of us, but to see all the way we've come. As insignificant or as mountainside as our tribulations be in front of us, you've made it this far. And in itself, that's something to be celebrated. Where in the beginning of this game, I was hardly invested in climbing the top of Mount Celeste. But now, 
this odd sense of overwhelming motivation has completely taken control of me as I reached to the summit. I saw part of myself in Madeline and I felt committed to seeing her story conclude. I strangely felt I owed her that much. And that's what perfect writing will do to you. We often play games to be somebody we are and to forget realities and memories we, we aren't fond of. But this game did the opposite for me. It reminded me how far I've come and the obstacles I've made it past. And while I'm not perfect and I will make mistakes from time to time, I'm learning and I'll be better for it. I've adapted through hardships and I've learned to maneuver through the difficult chapters of my life. And it took a video game to show me this. I'd like to give a special thanks to a few people for inspiring this. A, a special shout out goes to Green Rob and also Griffin of Past, Present, Future Comics We Love for inspiring this. Please check out the two of them on their respective YouTube channels. I look forward to more material from you and thank you so much. A thank you to Maddie Thorson, Noel Berry, and the entire development team on this masterpiece. Lena Rain who is also the composer and has crafted the soundtrack of my life for the last week. Thank you so much. Respect and undying love to the two ladies of my life, my future wife, Kim, for making me a better person, being my shoulder to cry on, and being by my side at all times. Words can't express the impact you've had on my life. My daughter, Maya, for teaching me responsibility and structure. I look forward to doing the same for you one day. To my name-to-be-decided Discord peoples, Chris, Griffin, Nicole, Raina, Jamie, thank you so much for inviting me into the fold. I really appreciate it and love y'all for that. To my Wepa Force Warriors, Jane Abel of the Stay Nerdy Podcast, and Nick and Tony from my Grandmother's Garage Podcast, and Wonder Row for the ideas, conversation, and group chat. Thank you so much. To Mikey Fresh of Otaku American for getting my feet wet in this podcasting stuff. Respect. Also, my nearly daily events and video game session buddies with Manny and Karma. I appreciate the inspiration from all of y'all. And with that, I am out.